Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. When we aren't afraid of death, we are less afraid of life. From these episodes, I aim for all of us to take more risks in life, go after our dreams, have great relationships, and a lot of joy in the process. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today on our show, we have Judy Taylor. Judy, who likes to be called Jude, is an intuitive who helps people help themselves. Judy and her husband, John, embraced a holistic approach to life many years ago when Jude went on to study holistic counseling and then completed her Diploma of Holistic Healing. It was through their mutual desire to help others that they call, that they created a business called Positive Signs. Positive Signs helps people help themselves. They help people embrace themselves. They work with Reiki, energy balance, intuitive guidance, self-awareness, stress management, meditation, journal writing, spirited walks, and much more. Judy has an innovative and creative approach to support clients as they discover their own unique potential. Judy is also the author of the book called Mum Moments Journey Through Grief, which is available in both paperback and the ebook. So I'd like to welcome Jude Taylor to We Don't Die Radio. Hello, Jude. Hi, Sandra. How are you? Oh, I'm great. It must be evening over there. Well, yes, it is right now, approaching 7 p.m. where I am in Massachusetts. And where are you? I'm in Melbourne. Uh, So it's uh, early morning here, 9.48 a.m. on um, Friday morning. In Melbourne, Australia. Well, thank you so much. I love with technology that we're able to communicate. It's my Thursday and your Friday. So do I. It's absolutely amazing. But uh, I guess it just shows what uh, you were talking about, that uh, connection comes in so many different ways. Yeah, and our messages are universal. And I think that we both and we all deal with human beings. And it's just I I don't know too much about you, which I'm kind of glad because I can meet you as long as the same time our listeners can but I do know that you have a lot of love in your heart and you're out to make a difference with people in this life right now yes most definitely Mm -hmm. Uh, I just uh, love uh, making a difference and I think um, being able to connect with people and share who we are the humanness that you're talking about uh, because we're all living this life and having a human experience, which uh, can be a roller coaster at times. So, um, no, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my passion is for myself, and what I practice is to uh, learn to um, ride the roller coaster, experience it, and still find a way to come home to my heart whatever's happening in my life and they do say the one rule you have to always abide by on a roller coaster is keep your seatbelt fastened (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I think it's good to undo the seatbelt oh well why don't you tell us a little bit about you because like thankfully I don't know too much so it's kind of like meeting a new friend right now Um, a little bit about your story were you always a person that was interested on the holistic and intuitive side or uh, did it happen one day and uh, certainly I know you have a story to share about your mom and um, where do do you want to begin oh where do I begin I guess you know being uh, one of the things uh, in life and talking about that roller coaster is uh as we grow up, we develop all these patterns in our life and experiences and uh, some we like and some we don't and uh, along the journey we learn all sorts of different things and uh, I very much came to a space in my life uh, actually about uh, 20 years ago where, uh, or actually it's more than that, when I met my now husband, John, where I was working in a, a pretty high-powered job and I met him and loved the creativity in him and uh, much to everyone's surprise, or actually it was my surprise really, I, I acknowledge now, 
I quit my job. <laughs> what kind of job were you, were you in? I was in a marketing job uh, with a car company uh-huh. in fleet management. I've had quite a journey through my life with uh, jobs and things, and I look back now and realise that uh, the reason I worked in sales and marketing and did quite well for different types of organisations and um, with projects and like selling cars, which really wasn't on my radar at all, was because it was my intuitive knowing. I would embrace something and I would uh, look, feel the picture and just find a way. And I've spent so much of my lifetime doing that. So I recognise, well, I didn't go to uni, but I actually didn't need to because how I learn is I'm intuitive. It comes to me, it comes through me, and uh, it's been a great thing to embrace in my daily life rather in different aspects of my life so yeah did you always did you always know you were intuitive or did just kind of did you have some signs that really made you want to learn more many times through my life I can look back and I can recognize wow that's why I felt the way I did and it's like a knowing I just knew however the life I was living what I knew didn't seem to fit in so I think a lot of people who have experiences uh, being intuitive, and really every human being has it. However, it's not something we learn in school, no. unfortunately, from my perspective. You know, we get that yes feeling, no feeling. Someone will ask you a question and you get the answer before they finish the question. Right. It's very powerful and you get a very strong yes or no feeling and you can feel it in your body, you can feel it in your heart and soul. And so often we try and work things out. Someone will ask you a question and you can just see their head and all the voices in their head trying Mm. to work it out. I know those voices very well. (laughs) Whereas if I said to you, uh, why did you write your book? What was the first answer that came to you? Um, I, well, I've told my story so many times, but I want to help families heal. Yeah. And it's the grief part of my book that is, 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 as much as I love sharing about life after death, and I think it's important, um, yeah. there's so many families that have been destroyed through grief, and yeah. there's been lives that people have taken their own lives because of grief, and to help educate people and give them a belief and help them heal. Yeah. What's your answer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know I I've interrupted you. Uh, that's fine. No, I know that my answer. When my mum had her massive stroke, one moment she was dancing on the floor with me. She left uh, just before midnight and went to go to the toilet and she had a massive stroke. And at that moment, I was in total shock. And I wrote, for me, I wrote to connect with my mum. I wrote because I could feel her. Uh, I could feel the essence of who she was. So I'd sit in the park opposite the hospital and I'd write. I'm I'm having a a picnic lunch with my mum because I could feel her. And I wrote for me. Well, actually, I wrote for Mum first. I wrote because it was my way of communicating with her. But as I continued to write, I realised that I was writing for me. And as the writing continued and I started to share some of the things I was writing, I realised it was for everyone. So I knew that I needed to share what was coming through me to help and support others just like it was helping me. Yeah, you know, just like intuition is not taught in schools, either is grief. No. And it's interesting because it's something that every single human being faces. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, before my dad died, I had lost my grandmother. Uh, Certainly in the past, I had lost pets and things. But when dad passed away, that was the 
most painful experience I ever had. And I'm always happy-go-lucky and with a smile on my face. And uh, I, I just turned into this um, dark, angry, bitter, sad. Uh, either I slept too much or I didn't sleep at all. Either I ate too much or I didn't eat at all. Um, the repetitive thoughts in my brain, the misery. And like I said, the darkness was so severe that like I didn't even recognize that person and so thankfully for me that's what had me go on the search that this has to be something else I mean there must be a reason for this and this it's all part of the world of grief yeah and that's the thing you're talking about if grief isn't out in the open it's really like other experiences in life you know there's so many books out there being happy being this being that and if people are picking up a book being happy, then why are they doing it? Is that because they're feeling happy or no. are they feeling unhappy? Uh. Are, they, what, are they looking for something? All these things have like a message in that uh, I believe that uh, we are made up of a um, variety of feelings and that we need to allow to be a whole person we need to allow all those feelings whatever feelings come up they're all like signs if you feel fear there's a reason and to actually embrace that fear to embrace the feeling rather than push it away you actually take the power away from that feeling if you push feelings away you give them the power so, you know, to know real joy, you have to have experienced pain. And if you're not willing to feel that pain, it takes over you. And that the more you, what you resist persists, basically. So if you resist all those feelings, they can surface. And if they're not going to surface through you being able to express yourself, then they will find a way to manifest in your body. That's my experience and what I believe. So for me, it was very surprising when my, um, after my mum died, all the different feelings that came up because I totally believed from talking to her and the experiences we had that we were connected energetically and that also I held her hand when um, she was in the hospital and uh, before they took the life support off the, all the breathing apparatus. Uh, I, for me, she'd already left. I've read a lot and I know a lot about near-death experiences and things and I knew for me she'd already left. It was only what they were doing in the hospital that was keeping her breathing. So for me, I was so surprised sitting there saying, choose what's best for you, Mum, and feeling in my heart and knowing that she had already left. I was not prepared for the feelings that came up the day after her funeral. I went into a total state of, I can't believe she's not going to walk up the driveway. Right. I can't believe this. And for two weeks, it was like I just, there was this thing in front of me. I just didn't, I was in so much pain that I didn't want to feel. And I broke the cycle two weeks later when I went out to lunch with my husband and I needed to go to a ATM to take some money out. Mm -hmm. And I could have gone to one much closer, but I just got a very strong, you need to go to Brunswick Street in Fitzroy. So we hopped in the car and we drove there. I left my husband down the road and I went to take some money out of the ATM and I turned around to walk back down to where he was having a coffee and I got cross the road I'm thinking I don't want to cross the road and I got cross the road and I walked across the road and walked straight into a healing center and I just broke down and hmm. sobbed and this lady took me under her wings and I I was going through the process where I just didn't want to feel all the things I believed up till that moment so you yeah, you were just taken by completely by surprise with your experiences. And it's really important in my experience, and that's with mum moments, is you write what you're feeling 
at the time. And when you actually allow yourself to feel, the feeling passes. It's a bit like the waves come in and the waves go out. Waves come in and the waves go out. If you put up a brick wall, the waves will smash it down. It'll find a way. Oh, that's a visual, isn't it? The brick wall and the waves. You know, you you brought up a couple of things. I don't want to interrupt you. No, that's fine. I okay. can say, I can feel my mum here oh. while I'm talking to you. I feel that presence. I feel her in me sometimes when I talk. That's... And it's just beautiful. And I believe, too, that my dad is, supports me on everything I'm up to as well, that he gave his life in the way he did because I would have never met you right now without my yeah. dad having a big part of it. But there's yeah. two, two things um, that you said that I actually wrote down. When you said when we, like if fear comes up into our life, if we push it away, we actually give it strength. And I didn't like that, but it, it makes a lot of sense because it'll come back like that wave and it'll come back stronger and stronger and stronger. And with, I think, any emotion is what you're saying, if we can just be with it. Yeah. And and even if it is the fear, do you think when we're feeling fearful and if we're with that fear that we can gain some strength and actually become courageous out of it? Oh, most definitely. I feel one of the things is what happens with any sort of feeling is, and I was talking about the power you give it, it's a feeling. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, I can... A simple example, come home, the house is a mess, the kids have left stuff everywhere, dishes haven't been done, there's mess everywhere. I can walk into the house and I can go, oh my God, I can't believe this mess, why doesn't someone clean up, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And I can guarantee the response from anyone who's here won't be particularly good. Or I can walk into the house, look at what's here and observe my feeling, I'm overwhelmed, acknowledge my feeling first, observe my feeling, I'm overwhelmed, and feel it, and make a choice in how I respond to it. The first reaction I was talking about was actually losing the plot and going, oh my God, clean up, why doesn't anyone clean up? (laughs) The second response, I actually make a conscious choice. I'm aware of the feeling, and I feel it, and then I possibly might say, the house is a mess, I would appreciate if someone helps me clean it up. Or it may be that no one else cares, and if I really want a clean house, I can clean it. But rather than the reactive response, which actually gets people to react back to you and becomes an attack and defend process, I've owned my feeling. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It, but the thing is, you have to catch yourself in the act. Because uh, I think it, it, you really need a lot of practice to be able to uh, do it automatically. So sometimes I think the feeling comes up and then you say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did that lady Jude say? Oh, let me, let me observe <laughs> here, feel it. <laughs> it's the practice. That's the magic word. And now I've got that on my website. I practice what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I practice listening to my intuition. I practice listening to my feelings, observing them, and making a choice that works for me. We are humans, and we're in the human experience, there is so much happening in the world where people are just reacting to each other and struggling so much in relationships. And I mean, I've read I read so many things and I'm in so many groups on Facebook to do with grief and loss and things and I hear people saying um, things that uh, other people have said to them or no no one cares or they said get over it or um, you should be over this by now and if we take that personally then we're taking on someone else's stuff Right. and we could actually turn around to that person who's saying... um, it's been a year or you know it's time to move on and say oh so you feel it's time to move on right so you actually give it back to the person rather than take on the other person's feeling so you and your oh, heart I like you know, that. part of the grief experience <laughs> sure. so you hand it back 
I had a client come to me once who was um, going to move to the country and he was so excited by the choices he'd made of what he was going to do. And a few weeks later he came back in and the look on his face and I sort of said, what's happening? Oh, I told my boss I'm moving to the country and going to be um, travelling to the city every day. And he said, what are you going to do that for? Are you crazy? And I looked at him and I said, yeah, so how do you feel about moving to the country? He said, it feels like the right thing to do. So I said, so whose problem is it? What your boss says? And he went, like a light bulb, oh, that's him who wouldn't like to move to the country and drive for an hour every day to come to the city. Right. In all aspects of life, we so often take on what someone else is feeling and it's not our feeling at all so if we can hand it back to them rather than feel (laughs) criticized or judged you actually give that person as well as not taking it on yourself you give that other person the opportunity to actually acknowledge and observe what they're feeling that's great 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 coaching I Hand it right stuff. back to them. <laughs> Can I ask you, before we go too much further, um, yeah. why you believe in life after death? Why you believe your mom's still around? I can feel her everywhere. I can feel her presence everywhere I go. In fact, I feel it stronger than I felt it when she was alive. And I believe that's because I embrace it. I also, I listen I observe. I sometimes I can be sitting somewhere, and I get. I think it can be simple. This is the thing. I think people are looking for some amazing way to connect on message, whereas it's as simple as I'll walk into my studio and sit down, and there's all my books, and I'll just be drawn to a book, and I open up the book, and there's words that just resonate for me, or there's a card. Or there's a leaf. My mum loved collecting bark and leaves and things and something that she gave me. Or a feather. Uh, it's just, I'm sitting on the front porch and I'm tuning into a particular feeling. And all of a sudden, I will, um, a butterfly will fly by. And they're, they're simple things. Or um, I'll ask a question. I had one very powerful experience. Uh, because at times I've doubted it myself and mm-hmm. that's part of the journey too. I, oh, I've had many powerful experiences but I had a particular experience and I'll try and keep it short because there's just a whole story behind it. But someone, I guess, in a, a human being in life who I hadn't been, um, they haven't spoken to me for a long time, uh, one day I was out and I was walking uh, with my dog and I had one of those doubt times and I said, okay, mum, I said, sometimes I doubt all this. Can, can you give me something? Please, just give me something. And she said, I'd love you, I want you to put your hand on your heart and just focus on this person. And I said, why? And she said, you don't need to know just for the whole walk I want you to put your hand on your heart and focus on this person so I did that now the interesting thing that I was asked to do that was with all these um, Facebook sites that I'm on when sometimes the stories I read are so sad yes they they pull at the heart and there's so many of them sometimes I will write individually to people and some days I just get which was something I got and I feel that that's my mum's guidance. One day I'll sit in bed writing in the morning and many a time I've got the words for my poster for the day on my Facebook page and I've particularly had this one, you know, I'm putting my hand on my heart and sending love and hugs to anybody who needs it right now. And I'd post it on open groups and then on groups, closed groups like Grief the Unspoken Closed Group and Mm -hmm. things like that. And hundreds and hundreds of people would like it or respond saying, thank you, that's just what I need right now. So on an energetic level, we are actually all connected and we get messages to share with people. And that's, you know, you can call it a random act of kindness or you can call it, this is my journey to help people. 
So my mum asking me to put my hand on my heart for this particular person and just focus on it, I came home and I wrote it down. About four weeks later, I'm heading um, down uh, the coast to stay with a girlfriend for the weekend. And because I did a few family things for my husband and kids before I went, which I didn't need to do, but just felt like I wanted to. And I'm driving back from the shops and I'm heading for home, intent on going down the coast. And I got drop in here. I'm keeping names because that's not um, things I want to share right. with who I was dropping in. That's and okay. I got to drop in on a person and I'm, I'm actually driving past. So I drove up um, to this person's um, driveway and went in to visit, visit them and I thought, oh, I don't recognise that car. Anyhow, I walked in and the person that my mum had asked me to put my hand on my heart for was there. And I I just got, do not do anything. And I just walked in and said hello and just sort of stood there. This particular person who I have had, had no connection for for a long time walked over to me, put their arms around me and said, it's so nice to see you, Jude. Wow. And I'm just going, oh, my God. Wow. I believe Sandra. Yeah, of course. So many experiences in my life like that. I've, I, just... I had a really great couple of experiences just a couple of days ago. Um, my sister had stayed, this, this goes back a few months, uh, my sister was telling me a story about going to a hotel and there was a famous actor that she saw by the pool. And I said, well, when was that? Because I was at a seminar at a hotel and this famous actor spoke at the event I was at. And come to find out we were both at the same hotel at the same day, not yeah. knowing it. This is in Los Angeles, not yeah. even close to where I live. And it was interesting because she said so many people were talking to her saying they loved her speech. And she says, well, I didn't give a speech. Well, it's because she looks like me. Well, just <laughs> just a few days ago, Jude, I was uh, flown to Denver, Colorado to be a guest on a television show. And so um, the show was actually being filmed in a town called Boulder, Colorado, which was about an hour away from Denver. And I happened to make a post on Facebook that I was there. Well, my sister saw it, same sister. And she yeah. says, that's so weird. She said her and her boyfriend um, now live in Denver and decided to make the drive to Boulder on that day. And their car was actually parked in front of the hotel that I was staying at at the same time. And so they ended up the next day, uh, they turned around and they came back and I got to have dinner with them. But there's, there's some, <laughs> something going on here. Yeah. There, there is something going on here. Uh, you know, these two remote locations we just happen to be at. And, happen to be there. Yeah. So like your mom uh, having you drop in, maybe that's my dad's doing, pulling his yeah. girls together. Yes, it's amazing. The and I think the words magic. There's something going on here. Mm -hmm. We are living this life. I believe there's more beyond this world. And again, like I say, whatever God means for you, whatever that means for you, I can't. I cannot articulate exactly what it is for everybody else. I know what it feels like for me. I know the experiences I'm having. I actually fractured my wrist a few months ago. I was having an amazing walk along the beach and walking on the rocks and chatting to mum actually at the start of the walk, because I often chat to her walking along the beach. I, because, you know, I believe in signs and things, but there's been a lot of things happening lately where I've recognised that, you know, and there's a, Facebook page called Signs from Our Loved Ones, which I absolutely adore. Uh, I started walking and I said, so give me a sign. And I just got, you don't need signs. 
and I that was very powerful because if we're looking, sometimes we can look too hard to try and find things rather than feel them. Right. When you actually feel it, when you're open to experiencing the signs, you will receive them in a way that you can, they can reach you. That's what I believe. That's my experience. And there's another story there. Anyhow, this day walking along the beach, I felt like, because I've been reading Anita Morjani's book about her near-death experience. Oh, it's a brilliant I think, book oh, called Dying it, to Be Me. Yes, I just love it. Uh, I read a lot of books and I have been, and I, it's the ones that take you by surprise, the experiences or the signs that I think are the most powerful. So I'm walking along and I actually had a long, long walk and I got to a point walking on the rocks where I was actually feeling like I was in another world where it was just like people de- describe in their near-death experiences. And I'm walking on the rocks and I just said, um, as I'm talking, the way I talked to mum, I said, so why do we have to have this human experience? And within a short period of time after that, I stepped on a slippery rock and I went down and I landed on my wrist and I fractured it. And the message for me there was, you need to be here to share your story, to share your message, to help and support others. So I needed to experience the pain, and a lot of people will say, why would you want to experience that amount of pain? Mm -hmm. But sometimes some of the most painful things that happen to us, including losing someone, is a gift. It may be a gift in disguise. However, the message is there. My mum wrote beautifully. The poem in the front of the book is a poem she wrote just before she died. Wow. Now, many a time... I would have loved her to write her book. In fact, how I'm living my life now is how she lived her life. And at times I felt like she could take it so much further. Well, I guess in her own way, through me, it's going further. And I hope that through my daughter and by me being true to myself and living my truth, uh, that it will be a gift for others. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Now, there's many people, including myself, who have lived with this skeptical mind and the nonstop mind chatter. And one of my big passions is to let people know we are not this mind and this these this voice that's uh, talking nonstop. But people want to connect with their moms and dads and sons and daughters and grandmothers and grandfathers. And so often... Um, we think we need to go to a medium or we need to find, you know, some mega sign like the lights going on and off or who knows, something. Do you have any words of wisdom for people that have lost someone that they love and, and they've been, you know, really asking there's a man I met not too long ago for two years he's been saying dad show me a sign and he's really disappointed that he hasn't gotten one and I I have a funny feeling like there's some there may be subtle signs coming through that people don't even aren't even aware of but any words of advice for even to talk to the person can we just start that conversation okay would you like to try something with me yes Close your eyes if you can. Okay. This goes for everybody listening? Yes, everyone listening. Okay. Uh, This is a simple thing uh, to do, and I practice it. Close your eyes and just focus on your breathing. Breathing in and breathing out. Focusing on your breathing. Aware of your surroundings, whether you're in a quiet place or a busy place. Just keep bringing your focus back to your breathing. Just allowing yourself to sit for a moment, to just be in a space where it's quiet. Allowing yourself just to observe what you're feeling as you breathe. Breathing in and breathing out. Just allowing yourself to sit quietly, breathing in and breathing out. 
breathing in and breathing out, observing what you're feeling. Every feeling is okay. It's just allowing yourself to experience the feeling, allowing yourself to be in the moment. Just calming your, your mind, sitting quietly, breathing in and breathing out. Would you like to ask your loved one a question? Any question at all? Uh, yes. But we can say this quietly, right, to ourselves? You can say it quietly or you can say it out loud to yourself. Just a willingness to ask your loved one a question. And be aware of the first answer you got. Before I asked you that question, before it had finished, there was something that came up for you. There's no right or wrong here, and it's not necessary to work it out. Just whatever came up for you. Did you get an answer, Sandra? I. It's funny. I I asked the question. I don't want to say what the question is, but no, that's um, fine. but I didn't get an answer. But what I got was just my dad's face, like I'm right here with you f- through it all, kind of a thing. That's kind of a... beautiful. See, some people will get a face, some will get a word. It's different for everyone, but it's taking that time to create that space and be with them. It's like I go to cafes that my mum took me to. I walk in there and I can feel her everywhere. And sometimes I chat or sometimes I'm drawn to something and I know that that's for me. And it could be a book or it could be a little trinket of some sort. It doesn't matter what it is. It's that willingness to connect. And it can happen in all sorts of amazing ways. I've had clients come to me uh, over the years before my mum died who I'll give you an example I had an elderly lady whose husband had died she was in her late 80s and he uh, was in his 90s and had died and she talked with such respect about him she came in for uh, energy balance massage which is like the Reiki it's the energy healing massage uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, very powerful we all have the energy to heal ourselves Anything I do, anyone with practice can do. It's something I would like to learn in school. Yes. <laughs> Myself. Anyhow, she came in and she had this look on the face and I said, what's happening? She said, he keeps coming. I said, who? My husband. Uh-huh. When I'm in the garden, he comes. I said, yeah. And I um, said, so what do you do? Oh, I turn away. And I just sort of said to her, would you try talking to him? Not. And she said, oh, oh, I'll think about it. She came back a few um, weeks later and she was looking great. I said, how are you going? And I said, so what's happening? She said, oh, he came. And so, so what happened? <laughs> she said, I turned around to him. And I said, you can come and visit me anytime you like, but don't you ever tell me what to do again. (laughs) (laughs) And then she talked about experiences she'd had in her life where he had been controlling. And after my mum died, because I'd had quite a few clients, another one whose father-in-law used to come and sit on his chair every time she went to visit. And again, she, she shied away from it. And I asked her if she'd like to try not um, to actually talk to him. Again, similar experiences. When my mum died, I wanted that too. Like a two-year-old wants lollies. I wanted my mum to come and visit me. And she didn't. Not like that. And my journey has been discovering that my mum comes to me through our words. Like we're talking on the phone now. Mum and I would often, I'd ring her and she'd say, Oh, I've been feeling you. I've got, I was just about to call you. We were connected energetically and through our writing and our words. So if she'd come to visit me like uh, these other people that experienced it, I may never have written my book. Right. Whereas my 
journey was to write this book. And I didn't know I was writing it for anyone else because I was totally writing it for me. But to discover along the way that my words were healing, that my words gave other people permission to feel and that touched them. And, so, and for people listening right now, you know, I was the skeptic and I needed proof and I oh I sometimes I just wouldn't believe someone that would have a story like I just know she's with me and I talk to her and I listen like I wanted some really hard fast evidence like the real thing and the thing is is that this is a miraculous world and a miraculous universe and if you study how many stars there are in the universe or something in quantum physics that we're all made up of energy you know that we really um, Albert Einstein once said we can live life like nothing is a miracle or like everything is a miracle and I ask if you look that the, the possibility of this is real and no one needs to know the conversation that you're having in your mind with your loved one who has passed. No one has to know that you're listening right now or that you've closed your eyes and that you're asking the question of your loved one. And I do think that Judy is on to something here, that the more we build this relationship and the real, more that we communicate, the more that we will get these signs that they are still here for us um, and our lives are here to be lived they're here to give to make a difference to help others through Jude's book she's definitely helping others and everything that she's doing but each one of our paths are very individual and no one has to know what you're thinking what you're doing but what if we all really make the attempt and to have a conversation with our special person right yes so beautiful just uh it's practice like the words you said before uh i practice connecting with my mum every day and the more i practice it it's like someone going for a walk every day to keep fit i uh or practicing to play tennis or any sport or uh studying something and my study is actually connecting with my mum and finding ways to uh, keep that energy going. Sandra, something that's really come to me in recent times, and it's three years and eight months uh, now since mum died, is uh, I did mention it before, but I feel more connected to her now than I have ever felt. And without that physical presence, it's bent but to connect with her on a spiritual level, whatever people perceive that to be, uh, when they're physically here, in, a, in some ways you can take them for granted because you can drop out and have a cup of tea or right. ring them up on the phone or, uh, or go for a walk with them. So that transition from losing that physical um, connection actually uh, makes the spiritual, the vibrational, uh, the beyond this world connection even stronger. It's like people who lose a limb quite often or something happens in their life. Uh, someone who's blind can hear so much more clearly than someone who can see. Right. If you're missing a particular sense, we have five senses, but if you're missing one of those senses, often the other senses are much stronger. I love this stuff, Sandra. My heart just <laughs> radiates when I share these things. I'm so grateful that my mum introduced me to these different aspects of life because uh, it's uh, just given me a gift that beyond, is, is beyond this world. Well, and it's exciting to me too. I've, I've had uh, a man that was a guest on the show that was a medium, and he told me that my dad is with me and my dad wants me to communicate with him and really start talking to him and open up the dialogue and and I thought well okay right but I didn't do it and so about a month later this man calls me the medium he says your dad's back with me he says you're still not talking to him hmm. and so it gets better yet because when I was on the car ride back from or to the airport 
from this being on television in Denver, the woman who is sharing the cab ride with me, she says, oh, I've got to ask you something. I hope you don't mind, because she says, I'm, I'm psychic. I love this. Right? I love this. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is good. She says, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm psychic. And, and I said, okay. She says, was your dad's name John? And I says, yes. She says, well, he's telling me that you're still not talking to him. <laughs> And it's so funny because even though that happened a few days ago, like I tried, I tried, I tried to say, okay, dad, I'm here. But it really does feel like I'm talking to myself. And then what I decided to do is to uh, just type on a blank page in my computer, you know, and just say, okay, dad, you know, what, yeah. what do you, what, what, what's going on here? And then just allow whatever thoughts came to my mind um, for me to just write them as opposed to it's so easy for me to to think something and then I'm on to another thought but I thought well if I have at least the computer open I'm writing something down so I thought you know now I, I still haven't gotten good at it and I haven't been doing it every day but I thought well maybe that's the way to just journal a little bit and, and see how he comes through so it's really funny when you just did that exercise with our eyes closed that it was as if my dad was so excited like he could care less about the question it was just like really? I'm here I'm here <laughs> yes and that's what I love about the whole experience. And, it, and again, it's the willingness. Uh, I, I um, you know, it really is that willingness to just be open and not know how it's going to present. You know, and the writing is such a powerful tool. I gave, um, I was talking to a lady the other day. I was actually um, going to a workshop at the Apple Store because I um, with my iPad. And I woke up in the morning and I thought, I don't know if I'll go today. And I got, you need to go. <laughs> okay. I went. I'm sitting there and I'm doing things. I think, I don't know if I'll stay the whole um, session today. And the lady sitting next to me, uh, the um, guy at the Apple store was helping her. And she's on the computer and he went to show her something. And she said, oh, please, please. Be careful. I've got the voice of my deceased husband on there. Please don't lose it. Oh, wow. I ended up staying for the whole session, uh -huh. but I was there for another hour afterwards because I opened up to her when she said, I said, I'm sorry, when did you lose your husband? And she started talking. And from that, we stopped chatting, just like we are now. And I, I got her to do that some closing her eyes and breathing because she was in a bit of a something she said stirred her up a bit and it was beautiful and all of a sudden she's talking about the fact that um, and opened up and talking about things that have happened in the last year since her husband died and she was actually recognizing that she's connecting in all sorts of ways so for me that was my mum saying there's something for you to do today wow <laughs> yeah. And uh, I love this stuff. I, when I did my diploma of holistic healing, I sat in the course every week and I remember just feeling like, this is me. I love this stuff. So whenever I get, I love this stuff, I know I'm on my journey. You know, it's just, oh, I love it. Wow. I want to ask you about something that you said in the very yeah. beginning. Um, when your mom passed away you yeah. thought her soul left her body before yeah. her body yeah. stopped my dad died was an incredible amount of pain drugged up he had cancer uh -huh. and it was it was just unbelievable yeah. suffering I witnessed and yeah. someone had said to me uh, that it's possible that his soul leaves before the body stops and I I'm like, what? Like, I've never even heard of that. Yeah. And it would be nice to think that he wasn't in there suffering. You know what I mean? Can you say anything more about that? Because I know there's people, and it, now, you know, when I used to hear people died of cancer, I'd think, oh, that's too bad. You know, but now after being with someone who died of cancer, I, I don't wish it upon anyone. Yeah. Anyone. And so... What, what can you say about that? 
I'm not sure if I have an answer for that. I haven't lost anyone who's gone through a, a long illness or um, like cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'm just trying to feel it in but my heart. I just, for me, the the physical body is how we present on Earth. And, and this is just my experience. Mm-hmm. It may be different for different people. That's okay. The physical body, whereas that heart and soul is um, that lives the human experience with us. Oh, I don't really have the answer. But I just know for me that it makes sense. And uh, it just makes sense that that soul, the spiritual part of us, whatever you want to call it, it 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 doesn't need the physical body to live. I'm not sure if that makes sense but to you. No, I mean it. It kind of does. I I just was hoping that my dear, wonderful dad, yeah, wasn't suffering. And and suffering is um, you know, I I get emotional suffering, and I. You know, I don't like it, but to see somebody just physically suffering and to try to wrap my head around, why do we need that for the evolution of our soul? I mean, why do some things have to hurt so bad? Yeah. Mm. And I haven't haven't got the answer Uh, for you. No. Well, Uh, why do we, you know, it's that physical, the physical body feels so much pain and what's coming through to me at the moment is the physical body manifests all those feelings that we we don't allow for me it feels like in the spiritual uh in that soul on the other side whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. that everything is in perfect harmony in this human experience there's so much dis- disharmony and uh in that experience, uh, it feels to me, and I'm just feeling this through, just allowing it to come through, that none of it on the other side matters. However, the human condition is one that at times I can't explain. It's like that day when I said to mum, if it's so beautiful what I'm experiencing now, why do we have to Mm. experience this human experience? And, you know, through that human experience, there's actually a lot of joy and love that comes out. That's what's coming through me now. I feel like it's just uh, we as humans have an opportunity to change the world. We have an opportunity to change our thought patterns, how we're feeling. In simplicity, what I said to, um, to you before, I was talking about the fact of actually when you feel your feelings and you're actually really in tune with them, you do not have to react to them. You do not have to put them out on other human beings and cause pain and hurt. I remember, actually, it's just coming to me now, so uh, when my son was about uh, five, six years old, early days of school, and um, that was when the Iraq war started, when we went to, um, the world went to war. Mm-hmm. And he's coming home from school saying, all these things about we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And I had, I'm just sitting, you know, I'm thinking, how can I help him with this process uh, on what I was feeling? And I said, you know, if your friend Edward hits his brother David, what do you think David will do? And he said, David will hit him back. Mm -hmm. And then I said, what do you think Edward will do? And he said, hit him back. And we went on for a while with hitting each other back. And then I said, are they solving anything? And he said, no. And I said, have you got any solutions? And he was able to give me about half a dozen positive ways they could deal with it, including simple things like walking away. Mm-hmm. And or, you know, And so he gave me solutions that were responding rather than reacting and I just thought to myself imagine if in the world more people could actually hear what someone says rather than reacting to it because we so often react if we feel like we're being criticized 
and with someone who's lost someone, having someone say to them, uh, you should be over this by now, your immediate reaction could be, you have no idea, and you feel attacked. You feel attacked. Whereas if instead you can be aware of what they're saying and say, oh, so you feel I should be over it, it actually makes the other person stop and say, oh, well, I've heard that, you know, after a year it gets much easier, or I've heard this, or I've heard that. So you actually uh, are not taking on the other person's thing, and you're not hitting back. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And when I'm listening to you, you know, I'm I'm trying on the scenarios with people in my life, what would it be like? And I love it. But one one last question. Well, this is this is the question. <laughs> um, I'm looking at our time, and our time is yeah. just about up. But I I imagine this world that um, you know our thoughts right now give us our actions and our feelings and our emotions. Yeah. And what would it be like, Jude, to think our own thoughts, like really? be in control of what we're thinking is that possible and is it possible that we can practice that and actually shift our thinking is that really possible yeah it's possible and it takes practice so it's very much a commitment in fact you know a lot of the things i'm talking about i've lived them in and out some uh, of my life uh being in touch with your intuition listening to your inner guidance all the time like if you get um you can be busy working and you get go for a walk and you ignore it and your day is full of busyness and craziness listening to that voice and saying okay i'm getting i need to go for a walk and walking around the block walking out of the office taking that moment when you're being guided can change your perspective it can change the color of your day the more you're willing to listen to your own inner knowing and your own inner guidance the more it will come through and you will make choices that work better for you in your life. That's really good advice. And I was just thinking um, just about some things in my life. It's sometimes we're looking for the right thing to do and we're looking for the answer and we're praying for the answer. And the real thing is, is just make a choice and stick with it and just know that there'll be something that that good that comes out of it like there may not be the right answer you know there there you know I've had times that I've had strong intuition and then there's other times that I'm looking for an answer outside of myself and even just tuning in and just making a choice saying well yeah. you know what this is what I'm going to decide and then no guilt no what ifs uh can I I want to change a few words be aware of what you're saying no guilt no this you're allowed to feel guilt like we did before, but you observe it okay. rather than becoming it. What we need to do is um, we we'll use a lot of words like right, uh, you know, there's no right way or there's a, a right way or a wrong way. Right. We remove all these adjectives that actually control our lives and we actually allow ourselves. So in many respects, we're removing the control and we're just allowing what happens. A beautiful saying someone shared with me 25 years ago is, I ask for help and guidance as I continue to follow the pathway for the benefit of my highest good and the highest good of all concerned. So if someone ha- if someone has an experience that you'd say, oh, that's not for their highest good, I've had moments when I thought losing my mum wasn't for my highest good. Right. However, in my life's journey, it's been the most powerful experience on me living my truth. So we have, I guess, people use words. I want this. I'm going to do this. I'm, you know, you should do that. In fact, I'll use myself as an example. I've been a writer all my life. However, I've just published my first book. (laughs) So many times I have met people in my travels, when I travelled to America and Europe, and I met a guy when I was walking in the pub who'd published many books. He read my travel diary. He said, you should write. That word should has been in my life for the last 35 years um, from him. 
you should write. And I removed the word should and said I'm a writer. So we use words in our vocabulary all the time. You know, I, I could say, I want to be a writer. You need to actually be aware of the words you use about yourself and remove the want and say, I practice writing. You change the way you word things and it makes a huge difference in your life. If people say, uh, there's so many negative messages out there, don't forget your receipt at the ATM when you're taking money out. <laughs> don't run. When it's just as easy to say, you know, to a child, walk please. Or remember your receipt. When you start becoming aware of the voices in your head and how you express yourself, you can hear those words don't run in your head. And at that point, if you're aware of your thoughts, you have the opportunity at that point when it's about to come out of your mouth, don't run, to change the wording and say, walk please. Practice, practice, practice is the magic word. We can all change the world if we practice changing ourselves. Absolutely. I just have a funny story to share. I, when I first started doing radio interviews, yeah. I would listen to the interviews and I'd notice how much I said, um, and, um, and like, and, um, and things that weren't real words. They were just space fillers. And even when I talk to someone, I can pick up when they, um, and, um, <laughs> those kind of things. Yeah. And so it takes something to be speaking and catch myself doing that. But I think what you're saying is our thinking works the same way. We can catch ourselves in a negative. Yes. And it's just paying attention, not... It, I can train myself to pay attention to the words that come out or the words that I want to say, but wow, what's possible doing that with our thoughts? It it seems to me that a whole new way of living can yes, arise. Yes, by self-awareness. Right. It can be a simple thing of you, uh, have you ever, I'll speak for myself, I've said something to somebody and the reaction I'm thinking, that's not what I said. And I can go, that's not what I said, which is actually um, meaning I feel attacked and I'm hitting <laughs> yes. back with, that's not what I said. Or I can stand here and say, are you feeling criticised? Whatever the feeling is I get from them. And they go, yes, you were saying this, that and that. So it actually stops the other person and gets them to think about what they um, are feeling. And it gives you the opportunity when they've said that to say, I'm sorry that's how you felt. I was saying that wasn't in my intention at all. I was. We spend so much time with our communication, actually communicating on the feeling that we're not identifying in ourselves because we hear, uh, we don't, it's like we're not hearing what another person's saying. We're hearing how it feels for us and we respond on the feeling. So you could be making a suggestion. It could be as simple as a, a cooking style. You might walk into the kitchen and someone's cooking and you say, uh, have you thought of that or could you do that? Now, we're all human, so we're not, um, you know, I'm just like everybody else. And the reaction you get from the person is because they're feeling criticised that you're criticising their cooking. Whereas if just one of you, if you could walk into the kitchen and say, I feel concerned that the stove's up too high, rather than uh, can you can you turn the stove down, which puts it on the other person to, and they might feel criticised and they're saying, oh, you're critic always telling me how to cook. <laughs> can you see how it can happen? But it can be so simple too. It takes practice. Oh, Jude, thank you so much. Our time has come to an end, unfortunately. You had said before we started, I'm sure we could talk 45 hours, and I think we certainly could. And I love this. <laughs> I do know that you've been a tremendous gift, and also selfishly, and 
pleasurably. I've connected now with a new friend. And so I'm looking forward um, to reading your book. And it's funny, I, I just downloaded it on Amazon while we while you were talking <laughs> mum moments journey through grief is is jude taylor's um book i have her picture and the replay of this episode that you're listening to right now and some of the things about her on we don't die radio.com so you can look that up and let me get this right is your website jude um, www.positivesigns.com.au That's right. Perfect. Uh, and you are in Australia. And what else can I say except for you're just phenomenal. Do you have any parting words of wisdom that you feel that you want to share? Love. Love. Yes. Come from the heart. Come home to your heart. Whatever way it works for you, it is so important. Through my journey through grief in the last few years, I've come home to my heart and I listen more and more to me. And uh, when you come home to your own heart, then you can share that love and it radiates out for others. Oh, thank you so much. It, it You know, it's interesting because I've heard those words many times, but I've never really let them hit home. And if we can all really listen to our heart and not be looking for what's the right thing to do what's going to look good or bad to other people what we should or shouldn't be doing but start with yourself and and the feeling and i think too that's when the intuition's going to arise um but it all starts from within and you've been a beautiful gift jude and even thinking about the communication with your mom and me with my dad and and let's face it many of us have lost a loved one and to be able to know they're okay uh, do you believe you're going to see your mom again I have no idea how it's going to present but I know I'm going to it's going to present oh okay so I'm just curious and as I said you know I just know in my heart, I know there's more beyond this world. Mm. How that unfolds is an experience that I look forward to. Thanks. Thank you so much. Well, to Jude, thank you for being here for our listener. Thank you. And I hope it's been of value. It certainly has for me too. Um, I really, there's a lot of great nuggets that we got out of um, this conversation, but one big thing too is you know some of us are going through some stressful times and very tough times and if we can just use Jude's thoughts that it might be a gift in disguise really might be a gift for us and it's all happening for our highest good well again everyone I thank you for listening you can go to we don't die radio.com and check out past episodes I'm your host Sandra Champlain I really do believe that life is an education for the soul and your life here is important so start with yourself and listen to your heart and we'll see you soon thanks for listening